Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Memories don't fade, sometimes you miss the old days, but nothing changed, lest you change. What's around you, how you think, how you live, how you speak, how you walk, how you blink, how you talk, how you teach, how you reach, let it sink. What's your purpose, what's your passion, through the pain, what's your plan, is it plain, wanna play, how'd you play? With Molly and Joe, the mental warriors. I know I got a lot of mental warriors out there in social media, um, on the all the streaming platforms. I missed you guys last week. I, I was I tuned in. It was it was it was pretty dope, man. That brother, that brother Nick Turner. I like him, man. We're gonna have to get him back on soon. As we as we as we level up, as I'm hearing in production meetings and as such, we're gonna level up soon um, to different things, studio settings, and all that other good stuff that that you know good shows should have. Just to just to show that you know we're important. That that we we feel we're important. We feel that we're doing something. We're doing something real nice. You know, got something good going on. Um, I'm Molly, the voice. That's my man Joe. Words by Joe. You, you already know he got plenty of words for you. Yes. He got he got <laughs> he got some things for you. Um, of course, we're gonna pay homage to the ancestors. That's coming up. Um, then we have um, one of our so um, what's that? What's that? Current event topics because you know we, we got to do with current events, what have you. It's got to stay in the now to know what's going on. But um, marijuana is legal in New York these days. So um, I never knew it wasn't, but that's a different story <laughs> for a different day altogether. Um, black love and relationships, you know, we got to talk about that. That's our topic of the day after we, you know, in, 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 our, in our second half of the, of the show. And we're going to talk about the George Floyd case. We're going to recap the show. Um, any questions and answers? If you want to call up the show, call in. There's a there's something scrolling right at the bottom. Nine two nine four four one two four one seven. All right. If you want to call in, ask a few questions. If you want to make listen, call in and, and state what you feel. Say how you feel. You know. That's nine two nine four four one two four one seven. Joe, how was your week, brother? It was really good. Uh, we're in the middle of our spring recess, so I got the chance to rest up a little bit. Had to take care of a couple of personal things, but it was a really good week. It was uh, really productive still and had a chance to like, clear my mind and get myself uh, together, paying it, t- paying a lot of attention to the whole George Floyd case and whatnot. So, you know, that kind of determined how my week is going. Right, right, right. I mean, the the, the George, I mean, I didn't re- I, be honest with you guys, I haven't really watch you know much footage because those are some of the things that you know those are trigger those are trigger points to me when when you know injustice um i don't want you know i don't i, I don't want to be desensitized to the fact that it's happening sometimes you know what i mean i want to always feel that that i don't want to look you know what i'm saying i think i think we, we we stay stuck on looking sometimes and I think you know it's important that we don't look all the time you know what i mean we don't have to look all the time. we know we know what happened you know what i'm saying i know 
that man rested his knee on that man's neck for 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 now it's nine minutes and some change so they made it even worse for me you know what i mean and now i'm even more upset now i'm in more sense now the video is even clearer you right. know we're seeing a lot of things that they're showing a lot of things that wasn't necessarily showed to the public so you, you we're seeing it from the insider's point of view now and that's where i think people are like looking and saying ah there's more to the story because well, we're, gonna, we're gonna save that what's your indiana pacers looking like <laughs> uh, we suck um we should be making the playoffs, but we're not going to. So you know what? I'm I'm looking forward to the Nets. You know, I want to see what they're doing because they're building a team like the Avengers right now. So what they look like. The Knicks, the Knicks took a the Knicks took a, a tough loss last night, man. A little one point loss, man. It, it hurt. It hurt. I mean, I think we're still gonna make the playoffs. I'm not sure how much noise we're gonna make in the playoffs, but Tibbs doing some things over there. But as far as the Brooklyn Nets now, you know, me being from Brooklyn home, you know, you know us, you know, Brooklyn Knights, you know, we Brooklyn we, 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 we take we take pride in this Brooklyn thing. So, you know, I'm going to keep my eye on what they're doing. But you said, like you said, man, they forming like the Avengers over there, man. They got every superhero you can think of. That's right. You know what I mean, from top to bottom. But I mean, eh, it is what it is. I mean, they, 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 I mean, listen, LeBron, I blame LeBron James, but that's another story for another day. Also, <laughs> shout out to uh, the beginning of baseball season, too. Let's go, Mets. Oh, uh, well, I'm a Yankee fan. So there we ah. go. We had odds. Ah. We, we had odds sometimes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We had odds somehow, somewhere, right? I grew up 15 yeah. minutes from Yankee Stadium. So I got to see all of that stuff when I was a kid, you know, those 90s and 2000s championships. So. Right, right. What we're going to do right now is what we're going to do is what we do after we just have our little introductions. I say I'm Molly, he say he's Joe. And what we do after that is we always want to do this and we want to pay homage to the ancestors. But we got a little twist to it. We used to do just one ancestor and, you know, just, and, you know, expound on that, that person or what have you. But what I've learned as you, as you, as you pay attention and you think, oh, that works even better, is that we're going to have two ancestors, one represented by Joe and one represented by myself, all right? So, Joe, give me the, the, the ancestor you want to pay homage to this week. The ancestor I'm paying homage to this week is the Honorable Thurgood Marshall. Thurgood Marshall was an American lawyer and a civil rights activist who served as an associate justice of the Supreme Court of the United States from October 1967 until October of 1991. Thurgood Marshall was also the court's first African-American justice. He played an instrumental role in promoting racial equality during the civil rights movement. Important for a lot of cases, the um, Browns versus Board of Ed, uh, which mainly focused on deseg uh, desegregating the schools, the public school system. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he was just so important to where we are now in regards to us getting our education at a fair education. So that's my that's my ancestor I'm paying homage to this week. That 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 yeah, he that's an awesome that's an awesome pick right there. I mean, how can you go wrong with a third good marshal, right? Like like really, right? So what I'm gonna do is I'm not gonna try to one up you at all because <laughs> I can't one up nobody in these in this kind of situation. Basically, it's basically it, it is what it is. It's it's it's. It's nothing but our, our ancestors, and it's nothing but greatness. After, week after week, it's going to be nobody but just 
this pure greatness, right? So what I'll do is I'll start off with a story is I played this gentleman <laughs> in my in my elementary school play. We had a black history play, you know, um, I forget which year it was. It was it was in the 80s, so I'm, I'm aging myself a little bit there, right? So um, I played this gentleman, but you know, as you can see, I got a lot, you know, I got hair. I've always had hair. So what my, what my mother did and what her creative self did is she blew out my hair. So I, that's what I should have had. I should have had that picture for you. Yeah, I didn't think of it. I should have had that picture for you, but I'll have that picture sometime in the, in the near future, I will have that picture for you guys, right? But I'm I'm sure you guys will love it, right? But um, yeah, I blew out the hair, had the part in the middle, and all of that. And I'm sure people can guess who it was because it's the blowout with the part in the middle, looking all young and strapping, had the little the little 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 little, little tie, little stringy tie, and whatnot. <laughs> it was none other than the great, honorable, the legend, the 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 the, the, the powerful Frederick Douglass. Yeah, I didn't do the gray part. I did the younger. I did the younger version. I can't do all that gray. I was all black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, I had to. I, yeah, I had to. I had to split. Yeah, this is this is this, this is when he was looking like Moses. You know what I mean? He was. He, he done did his job by then. You know what I mean? I was. I was. I was. I played the the the, the more the younger version of, of Frederick Douglass. But Frederick Douglass was an American social reformer, abolitionist, orator, writer, and statesman. After escaping from slavery in Maryland, that's that's dope, you know, all in itself. He had to escape from slavery, like you know, and then become one of our one of the founding fathers to the civil rights movement. Like he, you know, he is he is what the civil rights movement is all about. He is symbolic to what the civil rights movement is about because he escaped he, he he escaped from his his situation and became better. And became a better person for it, you know, and that's that's crazy. He didn't he didn't allow his situation to dictate anything about his life. Um, he became a national leader of the abolitionist movement in Massachusetts and New York, becoming famous for his oratory and incisive anti-slavery ratings. One of the reasons we celebrate celebrate Black History Month in February because of Frederick Douglass. Historian and educator Carter G. Woodson founded the precursor to Black History Month, Negro History Week, to coincide with the time of year when both Douglas and Abraham Lincoln celebrated their birthdays. Although Douglas was born into slavery and his actual birth date is unknown, which is crazy, he chose to commemorate his birthday on February 14th. Hmm. So Here's an example of someone who shaped his life, who shaped what his history, what his life was going to be. And that's the example in bringing him to the forefront is there, there's no, I mean, when you were born, you might've been born, you know, on the wrong side of the tracks, as they say, but that doesn't mean you have to stay there. Oh, snap, there it goes. <laughs> there it is. Wow. Yo, okay. You, you, right. you, you look like you leading some slaves to freedom right there, brother. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, uh, 
have to take a toast to that one in a minute. But wow, <laughs> that one threw me off. But it was a good one, though. It was a doozy. Yeah. Well, Frederick Douglass is one of the reasons why I acknowledge Juneteenth. When I was younger, I remember reading his speech about uh, celebrating, acknowledging July 4th as not being a holiday for African-Americans, you know, during 1776, him being in Rochester and him telling the crowd that why are we acknowledging that? Because we weren't free during July 4th, 1776. So we need he he said something along the terms of we need to celebrate when we were actually free. So right. research hearing about Juneteenth is like, oh well, that's my July Fourth, you know, not independent. Right. So right. that's one of the he's one of the reasons why I acknowledge Juneteenth. Well, well, we're gonna look we're gonna look ahead as far as the Juneteenth. We're gonna look ahead as far as the Juneteenth situation, um, and we're gonna bring up the history of Juneteenth. So that's gonna be that topic at the time. All right. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're going, we're going, we definitely going, we definitely going. I like that one, Juneteenth. Yeah, we got to do the Juneteenth episode. We definitely got to do the Juneteenth episode. Yeah, I mean, but back to, yeah, before I throw it on, back to what I was saying, you look at Frederick Douglass and he, and he, he built himself from the muck and the mire. He built himself from the bottom up, you know, and he wouldn't not, he would not be denied. He, he, he was self taught, he's self educated. You know what I mean? Um, and he and he fought hard. He fought. He fought. He fought. He fought. He fought for everything that he that he accomplished. Everything was a fight for it. You understand? So why wouldn't he be the example that someone would look, you know, set forth when it says, "Okay, I want to. I want. I'm, if we're going to recognize any amount of time for black for Black history, why not? You know, why not him? You understand? Right. So that's the reason why I went with the one and only Frederick Douglass. I mean, you know, uh, that, that, that's just my take on that one. Although, like I said, that picture, that picture threw me off. That threw me off a bit. I wasn't expecting that picture, but it, it yeah, that was it. And, and, and doing that play, it was actually empowering. Like you felt the vibes, you felt, you felt, you felt, you know, you felt the spirit. You felt, you felt like you were embodying these people, you know, because I, um, you had people that did Sojourner Truth. You had people that did Harriet Tubman. You had people that did, um, I forget, um, Carter G. Carter G. Woodson. I mean, you had you had a plethora of, of, and it and and not to say that you know the mainstream the mainstream civil rights leaders aren't you know important, but you didn't have that's you know in in, in the and this is in the eighties you didn't have that that aspect of it. It was like, you know, it was it was a little more a little a little spread out, you know? Well these are more the foundations of, you know, of of us finding our freedom. So that's why it's important when you bring up those characters, when you bring up those people, because these are the foundations. Because without them we wouldn't have moved on to the next steps in our, you know, in our struggle, if you will. So, yes. So with that, I'm gonna give a shot to the ancestors. Yes. I say <laughs> Ashe. That's a shout to the ancestors. All right. But as we move on, what we're going to talk about is something that came up recently. That came up recently. Oh, I want to give a shout out to PS9 because PS9 really was, they they, they really gave me an idea. I've, I've, I've had many experiences in PS9 to where 
what I'm doing now, as far as the, the the podcast, as far as my program is concerned, as far as my mentor program is concerned, as far as a lot of the things that I'm doing now, it has it was the root the the, the, the seed has been planted from PS9 Public School, and I will give them their, their props. And I will give them their flowers today. All right, but um, as we move on, um, current events, the most current event that probably. <laughs> One of the most troublesome events, you know, troublesome events. And I mean, it's it's people is going both ways with this one, you know, and it's the marijuana being legalized in New York City. Now, it's been legalized in a lot of other states already. I mean, I mean, of course, New York don't care unless it's unless it affects New York. Am I right or wrong, Joe? That's absolutely right. Okay, so being that it's affecting New York now. Now we care, so now is a topic of conversation because it's not it's not new. It's not like it's new, right? No, I mean, it's been going on, right? I mean, I went to Cali, I went to I went to a lot of places, and I witnessed it for myself. Like, oh snap, you can go into a store and buy marijuana. Um, the dispensaries in California alone. I remember going there about three years ago when they first made it legal, and it was just like. Really? We can do that? Yeah, no problem. It's so. weird. It's weird, but see, but it's weird for me. When you demonize, so now it's a PTSD kind of thing. It's a psychological thing because when you demonize something so for so long, and then all of a sudden you tell me that it's cool to do, I I don't feel so comfortable still doing. Like I wait, time out. I thought I thought we was the bad guy for doing this. I thought we, well, we I thought we were you know doomed to to not to not succeed in life because we smoke marijuana. Like you got to understand, I grew up. I grew up smoking this and smoking this herb. Like I grew up doing it. And it bothers me to no end to know that I was looked upon as an outcast. I was looked upon as a as a as a no good. I was looked upon as a bum. I was looked upon as many listen, and these are things that was, was said as a criminal. I was got I got arrested a few times because I, I because of this. And it bothers me that all of a sudden, because they can capitalize off of this, that's my take. Yeah. That to, now is- to say the least, that's more or less what it is. It, the, industry, the marijuana industry is a $4.2 billion industry. And it's interesting now that because of the fact that New York is financially suffering, all of a sudden it's becoming legalized. You know, it's it's like Big Brother. Like, well, let's see how we can make a profit. Any way they can make a profit, they're going to. So that's really what it's about. Like, should your records be expunged for because now it's considered legal? Should those should those times that you got picked up should they be uh, expunged or you know taken off your record now? You think about that. There's so many young men behind bars because of a little point, uh, a piece of marijuana on them, but because it was considered- A dime bag, a dime bag. You accumulate arrests of a dime bag, all of a sudden, now all of a sudden he has a felony. Right. So so the system, the system was built, the system to me, they built this way of just catching us because they knew that that was our vibe, especially when it came down to the hip hop industry. The hip hop industry showed us that, oh, they smoke a lot of weed, okay? You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna arrest them based off of weed. So if if we can, I wanna show the arrest numbers that they have, um, the, the, the differentials in the arrest numbers. So we got here, um, numbers of blacks, Latinos, and whites arrested for marijuana possession in New York City in two decades. We got, to the left, we got 1987 to 1996. 
okay? Um, you only have maybe, maybe about 35 to 40,000 people arrested for marijuana usage between that time. Then you go over to 1997 to 2006, and you have almost 400,000, no, 350,000 people arrested for possession of marijuana, okay? Now, in those numbers, you look at the numbers, you had 53,000 that were arrested that was white. You had 111,000 that was arrested that was Latino. And you had 185,000 that were black. So when you do the math, you understand what the agenda was. Because I believe that a lot of, a lot of it, a lot of the criminalization of marijuana was agenda-based. Absolutely. And the numbers show it just to, you know, if it was a true system or if it was truly being, you know, true, a true illegal crime, the numbers would be more balanced, not 52 percent blacks or 31 percent Latinos. So in a, in a 10 in a 10 year span, you're telling me we had 52 percent of the arrest based off of something that now they say is not a problem. No. Not at all. And here's, here's an even better one for you. Now, NYPD just uh, released a memo stating that they're no longer to, uh, uh, they're no longer, they can't no longer make stops if they have the smell of marijuana coming from a car. Right. Now, so, now, now the funny part is, the funny part is that was the old stop and frisk. That's right. You understand? That was the old stop and frisk because what it was is, okay, nine times out of ten, you stop, a, you stop some black boys in a car, they've been smoking weed, so guess what? I smell weed, I can search, I therefore can search the car, and yep. now here we go, we finding whatever you might find. Now, I'm not condoning if you found guns or if you found drugs or anything that, you know, any any of those things, I'm not condoning these things. But what I am saying is they always use certain little little small things to make it a gateway to get into our lives and to get into and, and, and to also put strikes on us. You know what I mean? Because even, even if you find nothing, even if they find nothing, they just take you down for the weed. That's right. And that was that was more than enough. So now I want to see what the basis is now, because I, I would love to see these numbers over the next five well, years. Hold on. You're right. You're absolutely right. The numbers, the yeah. But what I'm saying, the 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 trickle down, the trickle down effect to it, right? When you when it when you break it down, is that okay? You get busted. You get busted for a bag of weed, correct? Okay, right. boom. You, that's something light. You might think it's something light. All right, you're gonna go to court. I, I've been there. You go to court. They just all right, boom. Stay out of trouble. Just stand the third. Let's say a kid don't go to court. Let's say a kid is irresponsible. Let's say a kid don't have the have the necessary um guidance. Let's say a kid don't have the necessary um parenting or the necessary people behind them to push them to make sure that they 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 go to they do what? Go to court. You understand? Yeah. Then all of a sudden this kid has a warrant for his arrest. So now all of a sudden this kid gets picked up and you understand? It's a it's such a it's such a it's such an ebb and flow and it's such a sad thing that that and like I said, I me personally I don't I don't like the fact that 
I mean, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I'm confused because well, I'm not really confused because I look at it this way. Like like what, what you were saying, if a kid was young and got pick uh, got picked up for a drug uh, a marijuana possession, but didn't go to court to solve the case. And then later on down the line, let's say he hopped the turnstile and they got to check to see if he got a record. Now, that record of marijuana is going to always be there. So then they give you more reason to take you in or they, you know, they right. hold you on that, too. Right. 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 So so it's like it, it, like like to me, to me, you took too many lives away. Just I mean, I, I do I want it's, it. And then there's a catch 22. It's like, do I want it to be? Do I want it? Am I bugging? Do I want it to be illegal? No, but I don't want you to sit here and capitalize off of something that you're not going to allow us to capitalize with you on. Like, that's my thing. My thing is, and that goes to a question, because, you know, we write down our questions during what's what's the government real motive? What's their real motive to legalize marijuana? What's driving these states to adopt this policy, bro? Listen, the farm, the pharmaceuticals office is about to be big brother when it comes to this. They're going to have complete control of the marijuana industry. And those who may have sold it, you know, apothecary or any with, with help with uh, wellness and health, they're going to be the victims of it, you know, because of the fact that it's no longer it's it's become the norm now. So they're going to, you know, it, it, it's going to be an upcharge on it now. So it's going to be hard to. um to, 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 to make a profit anymore. How? How when you're taxing it by 18%? Like, at the end of the day, you're going to make more of a profit than the street than, than the street hustlers, which we're yeah. going to get to them in a minute, because I I feel sorry. At the end of the day, listen, I don't care what you say. You got these people that has has based their lives off of selling marijuana, and they, they, they got their clientele, they've been building their clientele for you to come and say, you know what, I'm going to scoop this. Listen, not even in the streets, that's that, that that's tolerated. You understand? That's not even tolerated in the streets. So what happened to the war on drugs? Why do, why, I guess America lost the war on drugs. Is that what we're saying here? That's what it seems like. I got something else for you. This is from the governor's office. God. They predict tax revenues from legal weed sales can bring in over $350 million a year and add 60,000 jobs to the state when the industry is fully established. Guess those, that was, bothering us. We, those are, those we, we did the same thing to bring revenue into our community. What's the difference when you're going to sit here and legalize a drug that you said was illegal and you put us, you put, you put people, you put families, you put families in danger, you put legacies in danger. You got men who ain't grow up with their with 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 their with their with their with their, with their fathers because yep. of this? Yep. We're doing the same thing that you thought. You said you you just following our blueprint, and that's what they always do, Joe. That's what they always do. They always follow our blueprint from 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 rock and roll, blues, jazz, Elvis. All of them. They follow our blueprint, bro. Well. I'm gonna I'm gonna be Moses and I'm gonna pretend that the state is Pharaoh. Let my people go. You feel me? Let my people go. Let them go because of the fact that now that it's considered legal, why are you holding them for? We need to start seeing these young kids or no longer kids anymore. But we need to see the ones who had these marijuana charges. They need to be released now. Bro, period. They could have been. They could have been let them go. 
from the first state that, that from the first state or from the first time that Josh said that it was actually legal and no one was going to get arrested for it, it should have been a floodgate open of young men and old leaving jails. Why? Because somebody said it was legal. I don't care if all of a sudden all 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 the fifty states ain't say it was legal. What the? How does that matter? How does that matter when we're supposed to be under one law? How does it matter? Now let me ask you another question. Now, yeah. for, now for those who let's say if you were incarcerated in New York for a marijuana charge, you try to go somewhere else to a state where it's not considered legal, uh, uh, where it's where it's still illegal. Do they still bring up those charges there? Say that, that one more time. Say that one more time. I didn't catch that. If you're incarcerated in New York, and now since New York's made it officially legal, you get released from jail. Uh huh. You go to a state in the United States where it's still considered illegal. <laughs> does that does does that does that still count on your record, Bruh, You know, listen. It's so it, listen. They've been opening up Pandora's box for the last, I say, ten years, man. It's been so many things that they, they've legalized. There's so many things that, and I think it's just because the powers that be don't have control over, 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 over themselves anymore, man. It, it it's crazy because it's, those are the questions that make you, make you wonder about life period in itself. Like, yo, okay, if we do this, then what happens with that? You know, it's always cause and effect. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah, you know what I mean? And, you know, before actually, we're going to come back after the break, right, to this topic, because I really want to take a little bit of time to talk about how does this affect the local dealers? Uh, You know, um, I do want to speak on that, who take care of their families with marijuana sales. Like, how does this affect them right now? Because they wasn't getting three hundred and fifty million in New York, you know what I mean? They doing some math that we don't know about, you know what I mean? But that's also because of all the taxes they're going to put on it and the such, and, and, you know. So I want to come back to that last question on the legalization of marijuana because um, that's important, man, because it's always the little little man that that gets squashed out of these big deals. You feel me? So words from our sponsor, The Evening Rush. Looking to podcast shows and do not know where to start? The Evening Rush Network can help you with that. Call us at 929-441-2417 or email us at theeveningrushnetwork at gmail.com for dates and prices. We got you for all your podcast needs. The Evening Rush Network. Tune in, subscribe, and share. We're back, we're back, we're back. Um, we're driven by the Evening Rush Network. Like, Evening Rush Network is driving this show, you know what I mean? And I believe it's going to drive it to heights that um, that I don't think I'm really ready to expect. But I'm going to be here for it. I'm going to be here for the ride. Um, I know Joe and I have a lot of content that we're going to, you know, we, I don't think we even scratched the surface. Oh, I, think no. revisit, I think we're going to revisit a few things. Oh, also... You know, remember, hold on, it's this way. Um, we're sponsored by Baller, you know what I mean? You know, that's that that's that that's the squad right there. Right. Remember when you see that Apple, what that means, you know what I mean? Apple, you know, sponsored by Baller. Here we go. You know, y'all see it on the screen. Baller.org, B-A-L-A-A dot 
org. All right. If you want to check us out, see what we see, what Baller is about. Um, not for profit organization that's for the youth and all that other good stuff, man. Trust me, there's a lot of other good stuff, man. Um, so back to um, legalization of marijuana, real quick, before we head to our next to our, to our, to our, to our final topic of the day. Um, how does the legalization of marijuana affect the local marijuana dealer, Joe? how I think it affects the local dealer. I think either they're going to have to make their business legit. You would think at a, this would be an opportunity for a local dealer to become a, a legitimate business, not having to hide, not having to do all this stuff in the dark. Um, if I was a local dealer that sold marijuana, I would take this opportunity to go to New York city business, a, a business bureau and form a business where I sell marijuana. Uh, my, my, the experience that I have is my business. So, I mean, it's not it's not rocket science, but at the same time, you just have to look at the numbers of what the state is doing in regards to how they're selling it, how much it's going to be. You got to pay attention to these things because these will affect your regular sales. I mean, just uh, continue to um, continue to uh, 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 to match what, what the state is doing until you can't, you know, legalize it. It's a legal business now. So for those who sell illegal or sold illegally, this is a legit business now. So they can become a business person. So that's how I look at it. It's, a, it's an opportunity. A door just opened up. So let's 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 see how how much they can take advantage of. Um, yeah, what are the terms? Like what are the, what are the terms of this legalization right now? Like let me let me see because I I've seen some things and I'll speak to it. Let me let me um can you, can we throw the pickup please? The um the Cuomo and the, the New Jersey yeah yeah um all right so we got ages twenty one and over can use recreational marijuana now. I don't get what the hell is the difference between recreational marijuana and any other marijuana because it's more <laughs> recreational to me. Medicinal, <laughs> they they could play games. They they was play they was playing semantics with us for a long time. Absolutely. Um, the possessions is up. The possessions is up to three ounces, meaning you can have up to three ounces worth of worth of marijuana, which is a hell of a lot for just one person to have, just mm -hmm. for their personal use anyway. But so, like, I mean, like, what are you saying, really? Um, all right, it's legal to smoke where tobacco smoking is permitted. I mean, I didn't know it wasn't, but I guess, I guess now it's legal. <laughs> I, didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know it wasn't legal to smoke where tobacco smoking is permitted, but uh, I guess. This is the one I like, though. I ain't gonna lie. You can grow at home in the coming months. So you could grow some, you could grow some few plants or what have you, and purchasing possible once the marketplace is open in eighteen months, two years. So you could purchase from their their um their dispensaries. You could throw that down. My problem is here is that everybody has you know everybody in life has been chasing that next high. You understand the next elevated high and the such. And you're not going to get that on the streets as much as you're going to get that in the dispensaries. So when you think about the dispensaries with the glitz and the glamour and the marketing and the such, 
um, the, the dispensaries is going to win. So I feel for the, I feel for the, I feel for the local dealers. I feel you, I don't think they can, they can transition into the legal stage as better than, better than those who, who does this because they're putting millions and millions of dollars behind marketing. They're putting millions and millions of dollars behind production. They're putting millions and millions of dollars behind everything that is that is to be their strand or their bud. For it to be, listen, if they wanted to have you high for a half hour and it's over in a half hour, they will have that done for you. You understand? And listen, and just to be and just for status statements and just for just to be seen or what have you, guess what? People will buy it publicly. Let's be like, look, I got the, I got the, I got the, I got the the, the comatose. I got right. the comatose strand. I, I, you you go to sleep for a day and don't wake up for two days. <laughs> well, look, I, I, I want to look, I want to relate to this. I went to Canada about maybe three years ago where marijuana has been legal for years. And it's out in the open. Like, it's promoted. I can see that with today's technology, social media, with the young minds of today, how creative they are. I could see Somebody who just sold it on the side, maybe not big time, but they can make it a business, uh, a business uh, a project, or they could they could uh, turn it to a legitimate business. I can personally see that happening because I think that's really what they want to see how these business how these how they're going to turn a what was a, considered a bad thing into a good thing, and then the promotion comes from that to see how many people are able to change it up and that's that's what i'm i'm looking forward to seeing it because i want to see how it's going to be promoted how it's going to be produced how it's going to be shown because i i personally think just for someone who has a creative mindset it's not hard to do you know if you find people who are interested in doing it or people who have a mindset you know is a a degree going to be required for plants you know these type of things so that's why I said time out. You know why? Because that means to be continued. We need to right. see. We need to see what they going. What they going to do with this? Because it's it. We we can talk about this a long time. Because it, it, it's 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 a weird it's a weird situation. But I guess we gotta we gotta roll with it, right? That's right. So let's go to our topic of the day. Mm. And our topic of the day is black love and relationships. Um, we're gonna try to define black love if there's a such thing as black love, and I believe it is, I believe that to be true. I believe there is a such thing as black love because I believe there's a way that 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 black people have to show love that's different than most other nations or what have you, like we do it a different way, per se. But I have a question for you, Joe. Is black love shown differently than other races? Absolutely. Black shown is, lo- is shown differently. I think the, sh- the black love is in the struggle. Um, because of the fact that we go through so much as a people, love is shown within our energy, within our strengths, within our struggle. Mm-hmm. That's where the love comes from, to be honest with you. Now, mm-hmm. growing up, now I'll give you a perfect example. A father shows his love stronger, a black father specifically, show his love stronger than a white father would. You know, maybe because of what he's going through uh, through outside of the home or, you know, in public. But then when he's private, he shows it 
he he shows it differently. You know, I remember a joke that Chris Rock said <laughs> back in the day about how how you showed how you showed a black man love by, by giving him the big piece of chicken. Big piece of chicken, baby. You know what I mean? That's, That's really it. all you had That's to do it. was show him. That That was how you showed him love, giving him the big piece of chicken. And, you know? and how simple is that? How simple is that, bro? That's it. That's, That's how you it. Show love. You show him what his status is. You show him his strength. You show him he means something. He's important. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. also got, um even growing up, if you were to ask a black uh, a black male father if you loved him, he would say something like, "Well, you got lights, right? You can read, right? You got a roof on your head, right?" I've heard. That's how they showed love, you know. It wasn't it wasn't a hug, or it wasn't something that was uh, it wasn't love. It wasn't it wasn't a something that was shown like affectionately, but you oh. knew that they loved you. You know, I, I, you knew that love existed because of the things that they did for you, not necessarily what they said. And and I speak to the same thing because I I, I consider my father my hero in a sense. Um, was he was he um, was he was he necessarily you know the 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 you know the best father there could be? I, some people might say no, but guess what? He was the best father I had, and mm-hmm. guess what? That's what everybody should understand. You have the best of what you got, period. Trust me. You have the best of what you got. Don't sit there and be and be yearning and, and wanting other things and other lives and other lifestyles and the such. Nah, be who you are, period, right? So when it came down to my father, his 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 way of showing black love was wasn't necessarily to show black love. It was actually to show toughness. It was like... It, his way was to show that this life was real. Like, yo, listen, the world ain't going to be easy on you, man. The world ain't going to be easy on you. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to take no, no shorts on you, man. So therefore, what you smiling for? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, what what we hugging about? You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So, um, in many ways, yes, yes. For that, for someone who said that, yes, I do equate the lack of love and strength because I think sometimes I, I, I don't say I'm not saying that I didn't need it. I didn't need more love. I did, but when you look at where we were raised, Brooklyn, New York, you know, Harlem, New York. Listen, we had to be stronger. We had to be stronger, man. We had to be stronger, man. I appreciate I appreciate the love I got from growing up, man, and that that tough love and that strong love and and that what we we might deem black love in that in that time. Right now, I think it's different. Right now, I think black love has 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 evolved into a into a softer space. I don't know if you agree, Joe. I do. I, do. I have a definition for you. Um, Black love, as defined by Urban Dictionary, a spiritual journey that only people who are rich in melanin can experience. A love that is unconditional, a love that can build an empire. Magnanimous and genuine and intent. This love cannot be stopped. Unconditional and the kind of love that builds empires. Black love 
Black love has built all, Black love built what we got around us right now. That's right. In America. Because we loved our children and we wanted to do better for them. So we worked harder. We worked harder. We fought harder. I'm telling you, man. Y'all don't understand, man. This is where y'all need to be at. I'm telling y'all. Listen, it gets deeper and deeper. The rabbit hole goes deep, man. I got to bring back my emotions because it it gets a little little out there. Um, I'm about to I'm about to go into devil's advocate advocate just for a little bit. Does does what role does forgiveness play in the survival of black love? We've seen a lot of we've seen a lot of instances lately in relationships where whether it's been cheating, whether it's been being someone being unfaithful or just you talking about the me talking about my boy and Cardi B. Um, yeah, um, and Saweetie, because you're saying the name wrong all week, just by the way, just to let you okay. know. You, gotcha. you, you, her, you was call her salty, all kinds of stuff. Man. <laughs> That's what it looked like to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, salty. Yo, bro, <laughs> that's how I know. That's how I know you don't be on it like that. You was like, nah. you was like, you was like, so who or like. So weedy, I guess. I don't know. Right. Listen, I thought every but, syllable counted. <laughs> whatever, man. You know what I mean? And 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 I believe forgiveness plays a big role in black love because we are so we are so piled up behind the eight ball, brother. Like we are so we are so we are so caught up in, in such a in such a psychological um conundrum that yo. We have to be able to forgive one another because there's no way that we could we could sit here and understand and, and say that yo we sanely made these decisions. Sometimes you know what I mean, like yo, it it, it was nothing that went went along why you did what you did. You understand what I'm saying? So I believe forgiveness come plays a, a big part. You know what I mean? Because when you look at like a Bill Cosby and his wife. His wife stood there with him. You understand what I'm saying? He was in trouble. He was going through it or whatever. This and the third, and she stood there with him. You know still, what I mean? Still with him. Still with him. You look still at Will Smith and Jada. You understand what I'm saying? You didn't hear about a divorce or anything. That woman said straight up and down she was in an entanglement with this young dude over here. You know I'm what I mean? Trying to figure out what that is, but entanglement. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know the the actual definition for that, but. You know, where like you said, but, they've admitted infidelity. But those, but, but, but those are the, but those are the roles. But those are the roles forgiveness plays in black love because we are like we we are shown so many different things that 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 that, that, that dictates what love is or dictate what happiness is. That listen, we we fall. Listen, we fall to the wayside all the time because they're always putting they always putting stuff. They're always putting stuff. It they always putting stuff in our head. Yes, you understand. They always putting stuff in our head, and 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 basically trying to brainwash us into a lot of negativity. So therefore, of course, forgiveness is a part of black love, man. I, that's what my thing. Well, what do you think are some couples, uh, some examples of black love, if you will, that you've seen now? Uh, that you that you can see as far as celebrities go, or what are some prime examples that you've seen of black love? Barack Obama and Michelle Obama, man. Like, yo, listen, listen. If if we could paint it, if we could paint it and put it and put it put it in a bottle and and bottle it up and say here, 
and and yeah, I think a lot of us would I think a lot of us would follow that blueprint. You know, I don't think I don't think it's a blueprint that um that deviates from what 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 we want to do, man. I mean, yo, bro, we, I, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of the narrative that that black that black you know black families and black relationships, black love have. You know, so when it comes down to it, yeah, that's one. That's one of the main ones that I that. That's my that's my that's my top one. You know what I mean? I like Jay Z and Beyonce though. I ain't even gonna lie. That they, they 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 good. They good. They good at what they do, man. I mean, listen, I was I wasn't necessarily a fan of Jay in his you know I say ten years ago career, but in the last ten years he he's he's grown on me because he he he, he became who who I thought he would become. You know yeah. what I mean? You talk about building an empire. That's that's the prime example of an empire with Jay Z and Beyonce. You know, oh, you may not like them up, you may not like them personally, but what they've done professionally is amazing, and what they're still doing. You know. So now talking about Jay Z and Beyonce, should public image or opinions matter? Because they they are they are in they are in the limelight. You know what I'm saying? And they are commented on, and people have plenty of opinions on them. So should should the limelight, should public image, should opinion matter to what you have going on at home? It shouldn't matter. And I'm going to tell you why it shouldn't matter, because. And then I want you to tell me why it does matter, because that's the flip side. to that. Well, the reason why I think it doesn't matter is because of what happens in your home. The public doesn't know about unless you let them in. So. You, the way that you are in public could be the way that you are at home. It's what people's perception of you, it doesn't necessarily mean that's what's really happening. Correct. Looking at most relationships is what people are coming up with their own ideas and their own thoughts of what it looks like, but that's just how you are. Like, it's it's almost uh, sacrilegious sometimes when people talk about how marriage isn't called asked for relationships, how, how they don't seem real to you, but that's because you're not in them. Right, right. Trust me, trust me. When you're in one, you it's real. Right, it's, it's not real. your relationship, so you can't it's judge real. somebody else's relationship based on your thought. If that's what it is, that's what it is. Now you could now you'll be able to know if something is wrong because if they're expressing it if it's wrong, but if they're showing true affection to each other and that's how they are all the time, who are you to say that they're putting on a front or putting on a, a mirage because you're looking at them? Now that's one of the reasons why it should matter. Now one now the reason why the public and uh, image and opinion should matter is because of who's watching. Now if you are around young people who are had been scarred by relationships uh-huh. or looked to be in one, the way that you act in a relationship would give them, either give them hope or deter them from being in a relationship. Okay. So okay. It, it, it all it all depends on the way you present yourself in a relationship. That's what makes the most sense to me. That's why public image and opinions do matter. Listen, the thing is, the thing with me, as far as public image, I could care less about public image, but then I have to care less about public image. So that's where it's like, it's it's the catch-22, it's the balance 
Whereas we have to be aware that people are watching at all times. And then we also have to be aware that we have to still be who we are as people, as men, as women, as a relationship, as a couple, as a family, as a unit, as a company, because I, I consider a family like a company, like a like a Fortune 500 company. I listen, black family should be ran like a Fortune 500 company. If y'all take anything, if y'all take anything from today, okay, all right, we should all we should be we should be running this like a business. You understand? But when it comes down to the love and 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 and, and family and the black and the, the black love and family and relationships, it has to be something that's that's, that's that that people understand and scream on loud. You understand what I'm saying? It's not something that that you sit there and you try to try to try to mute or you try to coddle. Nah, we got to make sure that people know it everywhere. People understand it everywhere. That's the reason why, listen, the wedding I had, grand as it was, or what have you, I want people to understand that's what that's what black love is all about. When that, when I see you and my, you know, you know, full disclosure, my sister, you know what I mean? That's what black love is all about. You understand what I'm saying? I'm I'm rooting for that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? When I see Dawn, you know what I mean? Sean Dawn and, you know what I mean? I'm rooting for that kind of stuff. I'm rooting for, I'm rooting for black love. You know what I'm saying? I don't, we have so much negativity going up against us that why wouldn't we, why wouldn't we, you know what I mean, have, you know what I mean, have more admiration for the love we have, you know what I'm saying, for the love we got for one another, you know what I mean? So let's, let's, you know, um, we got one last question um, before we start bailing out of here, brother. And my last question to you is, what can we do to protect the value of black love? Hmm. That's very interesting. So I was reading something in regards to South Carolina University. South Carolina had an article talking about where's the love portrayal of African-American romantic relationships in the media. And these were some characteristics that he said should be determined on black love. Um, honesty and accountability. Characters accept responsibility for themselves. They do not make excuses for their partners or for their own actions. Mm. Open communication. Mm -hmm. You express your feelings and opinions. You say what you mean, because communication is based on clarifying issues, specifically feelings, and working together for a mutual satisfying solution. Um, negotiation and fairness. Shared responsibility. Respect each other trust and support each other that's synonymous with compromise no compromise uh intimacy is very important because if you don't have a connection intimately the relationship usually falls downhill from there because you look for somewhere else to get that intimacy from correct physical affection is another one you know you have to show that affection towards each other holding hands hug kiss you know all those type of things mean something in a relationship. That's how we show ourselves. There's physical relationships. There's emotional relationships. There's, you know, there's so many ways to show yourself in a communication process. But those are some of the uh, characteristics in regards to a black love in a relationship. And these are some things that we should be looking at 
if we're in relationships or if we're looking to be in one? I say totally. I say totally that um that what we need to understand is we have to avoid comparing ourselves to others when we're in love or when we're in a relationship. And that's one of them. That's one of the that's one of the downfalls to a lot of relationships is the comparisons. Um, when you play the comparison game, no one will ever measure up. I'm going to tell you why no one will ever measure up, because they're not the other person. Right. It will never it will never work. It will never happen. If you're looking to compare someone to the next person, I can guarantee you you're working on failure every right. time. You understand? So what you have to do is understand the love you have. You have to understand the love that you were blessed with because it is not, trust me, there's people outside of this, this your space, your time, your life that don't have no love, no love being shared to them. Am I lying, Joe? Yeah, absolutely right. No love. They don't know what it feels like. So when they react in certain ways, you're like, well, have they ever been loved in their life? No, because of the way that they're acting. But a lot of it, unfortunately, is not because of them not receiving love. It's just that's where they grew up. That's how they were raised. So but I tell you what, though, I have seen situations where people experience love for the first time and they totally do a 180 on the way they were. And that goes to show you how important love is to be in your life. That's why love is needed and is necessary. And love is one of the most compromising um, feelings there is because if you are in love, you are going to adjust. You're going to go with the ads. You're going to go with the flows because what? You find that person that important. Love is about importance. How important is that person in your life? Are you willing to just go through a, a, a brick wall for them? Are you willing to take a bullet for them? Are you willing to do all these things? What are you willing to do for that person? And people try to sit there and say, oh, we don't have an understanding of what love really is. You really do. You really do because the people that give it out freely don't understand it. But the ones that understand what love is about, listen, huh, it's about sacrifice. That's right. They're not just going to share it with everybody. They're going to only let those who deserve it in. Right. You know what love really is. I'll tell right. you that. Right, right. And I've been blessed to experience it. I've been blessed to have, 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 and I believe I've given it out. You understand? I believe, and I believe I've given it out fully, and I'm going to continue to do so. I'm going to continue to be one who 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 be an example of what love is. I'd rather be that than any other type of negative emotion that you could think of. I mean, I don't know what your thought on that is, Joe. Um, love is the overall um, exception to the rule. Like you said earlier, when you give true and pure love to somebody, nothing beats that. No other feeling beats that. No. And people know when it's real and when it's not. Right. You, you'll see the person's energy change. You'll see their attitude change. You'll see their lifestyle change, but because yeah. of the love that they're given. Yes. That's, that's serious. Yes, yes, that's serious. And, I mean, yo, I mean, dang, I, I look at the time, time flies. I mean, but that goes into our next, our next venture, where's 
you're going to see us for a little longer sooner or later. It might be an hour and a half, might be two hours. That's and right. I believe we're ready for it, Joe. I believe we got, I, I believe we got what we need to do this. You know what I'm saying? I mean, um, so far, I'm appreciative of you, bro, to be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to give you your flowers right here, right now. You know what I mean? Last week, I couldn't make it, and you stepped in, and you did your thing, man. I, and I couldn't actually – listen, that was the reason why – people don't understand. That was the reason why I pulled you in into this situation because I'm like, yo, this dude is a is a walking – you know what I mean? A walking thesaurus. <laughs> I mean, a walking encyclopedia. Like, yo, it's all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, well, that, yeah, I mean, yeah. good conversation. It, it works well. It works well with uh, with each other. We work well with each other, and that's really I, all it is. It's just us so, shooting the breeze. I want everybody to understand. We're gonna get a. We got a set coming up from my sister. All right, and um, that's Ash and Mare. That's the name, right? That's the name, right, Joe? Ash and Mare. Ash and Mare, you know, by by Dara Mauzi. Um, she's gonna do our set design as we as we as we head to the studio, bro. Listen, I can't, wait. Right? I can't wait. I've been giving ideas. I've been just giving <laughs> ideas like hey, yeah, yeah, add it to it. Like, yeah, I'm excited. We can't be like, oh, it's me. It's definitely me. Yeah, we're gonna hit we're gonna we're gonna hit the studio soon. You know what I mean? We're gonna hit up the studio and we're gonna have listen. They don't even understand. We got we got people lined up, lined up for interviews, lined up. All right. So with that said, I mean, I thank you, Joe, for being on this journey with me, man. I thank our producers in the background. Yes. Um. I thank my family. I thank my wife. I thank everybody that's 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 you know been a plug you know, plugged into me to allow me to be, you know, plugged into you guys, you know? Seriously, like there's so much we could think, but it's only a matter of time. The best is yet to come, brother. Yes, sir. Later. Peace. <laughs> you don't want us to wrap up yet. You don't want us to wrap up. Oh, Lord. <laughs>